What is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Radcliffe, and it is Thursday, July 22nd. Man, oh man, I told you. Freaking July every year. Every stinking year this month absolutely rips by. But August is staring us in the face, and uh, the first teams will be in training camp today. Next week, everybody else, everybody will be in training camp. So uh, good times indeed. So with fantasy drafts on the horizon, we got to talk about our tiers. Uh, Over the next four podcasts, I'll break down uh, tiers by position for you. And in the process, I'll talk about my strategy at each position. I don't want one strategy. I think that's very, very important to note. If you go into a draft with just one strategy, your opponents are going to smoke you. Literally roll you up into a big fat joint and smoke you. They will. You don't want that to happen. And remember, it's about your opponents too. So many people go into fantasy football drafts and just focus on their teams. They don't pay attention to what their opponents are doing. And their opponents smoke them. So remember to pay attention to what your opponents are doing. Uh, but these tiers will be a key part of the process for us here. So we're going to start with quarterbacks on the show today. And we do have an elite tier of quarterbacks. For me, that top tier is Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Kyler Murray. Now, I do think it is important to note that you know a lot of people will use rankings at their fantasy football drafts. I think this is a mistake. Rankings are very rigid, don't show you context, don't show you differentiation between different players or similarities between different players, and will often lead to people making some major mistakes. So I wouldn't recommend it. I would recommend going in with tiers. And I will tell you this, because I have Mahomes, Allen, and Murray in this elite tier, that means I'm not going to have them in any fantasy football drafts. It's unfortunate but I'm not going to have them in any. They're going to go too early in one quarterback leagues. Mahomes will go in the second round, very likely in your home leagues. Allen and Murray, probably third round guys. I, I just think it's it's too hefty of a price to pay at a onesie position where there's tons of depth. There's enough depth at the position that you can certainly get away with going late round. And then literally, if that doesn't work for you, streaming. And just keep churning, working the waiver wire. Uh, if you did that last year, there's a good chance you could have wound up with Justin Herbert. There's a good chance that later in the season you could have wound up with somebody like Jalen Hurts. These are guys who produced while they were starters. Obviously, Herbert for much longer than Hurts. But you can do it every single year. There's no sense in investing that heavily in the position. And if you don't believe me, ask anybody who drafted Lamar Jackson in the second or even first round last year. And Lamar was just fine, by the way, and I'll talk about him in a minute, but it was just too much invested. So I'll talk about my strategy in one quarterback leagues in a minute, but I do also want to say people are going to ask me, well, what about in a two quarterback league? Certainly you could draft him there. Well, not it's not really my style. What I typically will do in a two quarterback league is I'm going to wait until 10 quarterbacks are off the board. I'm literally going to keep a little checklist, two quarterback or super flex, I should note, and I'm going to wait until 10 quarterbacks are off the board. So As they get drafted, I just make little tick marks. First round, I'm probably looking running back just given my board because my board is running back top heavy this year. Uh, But I can't say for certain. I mean, most likely it's a running back. Let's just put it that way. Second round, the way my board shakes out, most likely it's a wide out, but you can't tell. I can't tell you for certain because in any given draft, players could fall who shouldn't be there. 
In the third round, likewise, same thing. But usually around the fourth round is when 10 quarterbacks are off the board in a 12-teamer. Then I go after the position my goal is to get, and this will t- this will really be in the next two to three rounds, get two quarterbacks who are in between ranks 10 and 20 on my board. That's what I'm doing. So I'm not drafting these elite guys in in that those formats either. I have them in I have Mahomes in a, a super flex keeper league. I have Allen and Murray in different dynasty leagues. Those are the only places where I'm gonna have these guys, unfortunately, this year. When you're elite, it prices you out oftentimes at the position. Let somebody else draft them. My second tier uh quarterbacks with number one potential, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. Okay, so let's just talk about Jackson. He came back to earth. He had statistical regression. It wasn't he got worse. Regression doesn't mean get worse. It's not the opposite of progress. It simply means move to the statistical mean, the average. That's what he did with his passing touchdowns. He was still just fine. I still love Lamar Jackson. Dak Prescott has 5,000-yard potential this year. The, the, The ceiling is extremely high for him. Russell Wilson may not have that potential, but we know the touchdown potential is there. The big question with Russ is whether or not uh, they actually run like crazy. It's a new offensive system. And then Roger as well, for now. Maybe next week my answer is different, but I'm placing him here for now because I do think he shows up in camp. So uh, these guys, if any of them fall, I'm willing to take them about two rounds later than where they probably should go. So if any of them fall, I'll pounce in the middle rounds. Otherwise, I'll leave them hanging out there. Uh, Tier 3, I break into two different tiers. Jalen Hurts, 3A, and then 3B is Justin Herbert, uh, Matthew Stafford, and Joe Burrow. Uh, Jalen Hurts is in his own tier because the ceiling and the the floor is actually reasonably high because of his ability as a runner. And the ceiling is kind of high as well as we saw last year, but he is far from guaranteed to keep this job for the entire year. So you take on a lot of risk if you draft him. You don't take that risk on with Herbert, although Herbert is probably going to go higher than I have him in these tiers because he's uh, sort of the fantasy darling right now. Stafford could go a little bit higher, especially after the Daryl Henderson taking over the backfield with Cam Akers out news. They could throw a little bit more. And then Burrow, I expect them to throw a ton. And the offensive line will be a little bit better than last year. So all these guys are likely middle round guys. And you might even have this next tier of, it's a mini tier of Ryan Tannehill and Tom Brady. Both of them higher floor, maybe not super high ceiling. Tannehill because it's a run-heavy offense. Brady because he's not going to run the football. It's pass-heavy, but he's not going to run the football. Tannehill benefits from Julio. I just don't want to overvalue him. So this gets us up through the middle rounds. Now the late rounds from round 10 on, that's where I want to attack the position. So why don't we do this? We'll take a quick break and then I'll talk about my safe and upside approach that you can use in the late rounds of drafts. So longtime followers of my work know that I I like to take this safe and upside approach at quarterback in the late rounds, if I don't land a quarterback at good value in the middle rounds. I'm not going to hesitate. If a quarterback falls a little bit too far, I'm not going to hesitate. However, in most drafts, that really isn't the case. So the the objective here is to land one safe guy and one upside guy. It doesn't have to be in that order in the late rounds. And here's the logic. Here's the thought process behind it. Here's why this could help you. Because you will get the advice, don't draft two quarterbacks. Some people will give you that blanket statement. Well, yes, if you drafted, let's say you drafted Russell Wilson in the eighth round. You know, he should be probably going in the sixth round. He falls to you in the eighth. 
don't draft two quarterbacks. You're good, right? But let's say you didn't get any of these guys. So now you're going to draft late-round options. Late-round upside guys are appealing. Late-round upside guys sometimes hit big, like Patrick Mahomes in 2018, Lamar Jackson in 2019, but sometimes they miss big, like Daniel Jones in 2020. So the thought process is you get a safe option so that you can at least get through the rough patch because if the upside guy doesn't hit, you have the safe option there. Get you through the rough patch, right? And keep pace with your opponents. You may not, you're not going to win games with some of these safe guys. Certainly all of these safe guys, you're not really going to win games with them, but you're not going to lose games with them. They're going to keep pace. So now you can work the waiver wire and hopefully land that high ceiling uh, quarterback like Justin Herbert last year, Jalen Hurts last year, like I just mentioned. So it's it's a sort of tied me over. As opposed to grabbing two upside guys, if you whiff on both of them, you're, you're really screwed at the position and you're going to hurt yourself. Remember, we don't play 17 weeks in fantasy football. We play thir- or 14. I was going to say 13 like last year. But it's 14 is the regular season. That's what we have to plan for. So if you go 0-4 in the first month of the season because you whiffed at quarterback, completely whiffed, you're putting yourself behind eight ball. 0-4, yeah, sure, you could win out and still be 10-4. and I know. But you know as well as I do, that's easier said than done. We don't want to dig ourselves holes. So that's why I want to go after some safe options. Here's the safe guys that I have this year. Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield, and then like last round safe would be Ben Roethlisberger. That's the order I prefer them in. Ryan is not, you know, I don't think he has elite potential. I know he finishes number two fantasy quarterback in 2018, but I don't really think he has elite potential, but he is a very safe, like high floor quarterback too, even without Julio Jones. Same thing with Kirk Cousins. I think the touchdown production comes back to earth a little bit this year, but still rock solid. Baker, they're going to run a lot, but he really started to improve down the stretch last year. And then even Ben with his declining skill set, uh, arm strength in particular, he's still going to be fine as a, as a mid-range quarterback two option. But you want the bang for your buck. You really want the bang for your buck. So my upside guys, uh, I think it starts with the two rookies. I have Trevor Lawrence and Trey Lance basically neck and neck. And I honestly prefer Lance because his price is lower, but I do have Lawrence ranked higher. I mean, in a vacuum, yes, Lawrence slightly ahead of Lance because he's more guaranteed to be under center in week one. But Lance at his price, man, the ceiling is enormous. Uh, the other options in this tier, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Daniel Jones. I know there's some risk with both of those guys, Tua Vailoa. Even Carson Wentz could be in this tier if you think he could revitalize his career. And then Justin Fields. Now, I've been pretty vocal that I think Lance is going to start before Fields. He was the higher pick for a reason. I do think Fields starts. It's either week four, week five, somewhere in that range where I think he gets on the field for the first time. So if you draft him, you certainly need a safe option. You certainly need a Kirk Cousins or somebody like that because there's a really good chance that he's not under sender in week one. Same thing for Trey Lance, though. I would go the same route. So those are kind of really intriguing pairings for me. Kirk Cousins, Trey Lance. Kirk Cousins, Justin Fields. Matt Ryan, Trey Lance. Matt Ryan, Justin Fields. Really appealing pairings. And really something I would go after. Now, the question, of course, should you be drafting Deshaun Watson? I don't think Watson plays this year. Now, we'll find out next week if he's placed on commissioner's exempt. He won't be suspended this year. That's for sure. 
because it won't, no suspension is going to come until after his legal process plays out. However, he could, in theory, be traded if he's not placed on commissioner's exempt and then would play. I'm not going to be that guy. And you know that guy. It's the person who always drafted Josh Gordon, right? They're they're likely to draft Deshaun Watson. I, I It could be a home run. It could also be a, a big-time strikeout right there. Uh, my next tier, subdivided into two groups, it is your two-quarterback, uh, you know, essentially third-quarterback options. You could, or these are also streamer options as well, all of these guys. Now, I like to wait until 24 quarterbacks are taken, then I want to pounce on my third quarterback in a two-quarterback slash super flex league. The high-floor guys, Derek Carr, Sam Darnold, Jared Goff, I mean, you're not going to have to spend much on them. They're relatively safe, but I usually like to have some pop in my lineup with that third guy. So that's why, for me, Zach Wilson probably makes the most sense. Relatively high ceiling, but really volatile. But you're going to get him outside of that top 24. You could also go the Jameis Winston-Taysom Hill route. I still think it's going to be Jameis. I know a lot of people think it's going to be Taysom Hill. So there's that. Uh, The early season options, you have uh, essentially three guys if you wanted to do these guys in in two quarterback leagues, Cam Newton, Andy Dalton, Terod Taylor, none of these guys really guaranteed to uh, hold their jobs. Newton, I think there's a point where Mac Jones takes over. Obviously, Justin Fields is going to take over at some point this year. And even Davis Mills for Terod Taylor could take over. So if you're going to draft those guys in two quarterback, you're going to get them at good value. But at the same time, just be prepared to not have them for the whole season. So that's why we would look late season-wise. Fields is going to go too early, but that does put Mac Jones on the late season watch list. I would say Davis Mills to a lesser extent. If he's the starter, he's going to have value in Superflex. And then maybe, just maybe, we'll keep an eye on Kellen Mond. I don't think there's any chance that he passes uh, Cousins on the depth chart. But if Cousins gets hurt, Mond could be kind of interesting for sure. So we'll, you know, maybe a watch list for him. We're doing a watch list for Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater. We'll also toss Jordan Love on there. And Marcus Mariota as well. Mariota was actually pretty good when given the opportunity last year. I know it's Derek Carr's job. I do love that uh, Mike Mayock went on Lindsey Rhodes' podcast and uh, said that the relationship between John Gruden and Derek Carr is like a corny marriage. (laughs) So there's that. But overall, just to sum this all up, use tiers. Tiers are going to allow you to be a little bit more flexible in your draft. I like to go safe and upside. If you really just want to go straight up late round, what I would do is I would structure probably more to somebody like Kirk Cousins who gets off to a reasonably good schedule and then know that I'm going to stream beyond that. Like Kirk Cousins is only my guy to open the season up. But I would much rather take a a, a shot on Trey Lance or Justin Fields and their upside than going into the season and and trying to actually just straight up stream. Uh, Because, you know, if Trey Lance or Justin Fields hits with their skill set, their ability to run the football, they both have reasonably good weapons as well. Um, Well, more than reasonably good for Lance, but, you know, for Fields, uh, Darnell Mooney, Allen Robinson, not too shabby there uh, as well. Uh, and then in, you know, two quarterback super flex, 10 quarterbacks, wait till they're off the board, then hit the position up, get two quarterbacks between 10 and 20. Then once again, once 24 are off the board, get your third quarterback so that you're not left 
in the dark. All right, tomorrow we'll talk running back tiers and strategy. In the meantime, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram, use the hashtag Rat Pack. That way I know you're a listener of the show. And my top 100 half-point PPR rankings are free right now at FTNFantasy.com. Go check that out. All right, I'll catch you on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out.